Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thank you, listeners, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting live this afternoon from both these tacos. We're down here with Seymour, is right here at the table with us. We've got Kelly, Michael, Luke, uh, and uh, did I say Kelly? I did say Kelly. Uh, all here at the Fuzzy Tacos here this afternoon. We've got the cheerleaders here. We've got Seymour. He doesn't say much, Seymour. Uh, a bird of few words. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, our favorite baseball coach, Scott Berry, here at the table with us. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their great fall-off-the-bone ribs, if you smoke brisket, and other great meats they cook in-house every day. And, of course, they'll cater any event. Justin Harris, connected with Dickie's, also connected uh, with Fuzzies, will be on the show a little later. Also, a couple of these young ladies that are down here to kind of raise the spirits of everyone will join us uh, later in the show as well. So we're glad to be down here and very glad to have uh, a good friend of the radio show, baseball coach Scott. Thanks so much for coming down. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we're in the middle of fall ball, and uh, we've got a chance to talk just a little bit uh, before you came on. Uh, overall, your impressions right now about your baseball team and fall ball, and what is it that you really hope to get out of, of this part of the program? Well, you know, overall, right now we're into week three of our fall practice period. Uh, it'll it'll conclude October the 27th, so we still have a few days to go in, in trying to figure this thing out. But you know, the mood of our guys, <clears throat> excuse me, the mood of our guys has, has just been great, uh, Bob. It's it's a relatively new group, uh, a young group one that's really uh, that we have to figure out how to utilize them to help us win baseball games. And I think that's the biggest thing in the fall is that you, you take these young men and put them in different positions and test them to try to figure out uh, come springtime how we could use them best to help us win a game. But I've been extremely pleased with the attitude, uh, the energy level, and it's hot out there every day. But this group has not slowed down one bit. I feel like they've come out every day and have been focused. Uh, and committed on, on really winning that day of practice and getting better as we inch a little closer to, to spring ball, which will be here before we know it. Are there any kids right now that, that jump out at you at this at this early point? Well, you know, there's going to be a couple of positions where it's going to be relatively new guys there. Uh, one is the catching position. You know, two brand-new guys, there's going to be totally new face uh, behind the plate. And I've been really pleased with both of those young men, Andrew Stanley, who's a transfer from Arkansas. He redshirted there last year in his first year. He transfers into us. Uh, and then Brian Davis, who's a transfer from Gordon College, junior college over in Georgia. Both guys have worked extremely hard. Uh, they look very talented behind the plate, can swing the bat. So I'm, I'm really, uh, really happy about the way and pleased that they've shown up and played in fall. You know, some other positions at first base is going to be new as well. 
Uh, Austin Izio, which is a transfer from Pearl River Community College, uh, opted to leave after his freshman year, but is here with us, uh, has swung the bat really, really well. First base is a new position for him, so we're trying to get him acclimated to that and, and everything that involves to, to playing a good first base. I really look at him uh, like a young uh, Dylan Bordeaux, honestly, over at first when we moved Dylan from the outfield to first base. So trying to teach him everything with it. But offensively, he's he's held his own this, this fall. Dustin Dickerson's another one at shortstop. Been very pleased with two freshmen from West Jones. Comes in with a very high baseball IQ, understands the game. Dad's a big league coach with the Phillies. So he's been around the game and in the game at a high level uh, for him to help him in, in his uh, – his knowledge of playing the game of baseball. A lot of good arms. Uh, you know, uh, I think as far as being able to throw strikes, it's probably the best group that I've seen collectively that uh, through the fall that have gone out and really just throwing strikes. And that's a big part of it to win on the mound. Right. You, know, you said at the end of October is when the fall ball practice stops, but one of the traditions of late October at Pete Taylor Park is trick-or-treat at the Pete. At which you used to dress up as Mr. Clean. You've dressed up as a lot of different. I'm assuming, Coach, that all systems go for trick or treat to compete again this year. Well, it's going to actually have to be rerouted. We are going to have to take it to the sophomore field this year because when we finish up, Kelly, October 27th, which will be a fall game at the University of Alabama on that Sunday, and then they'll return the game next year to us next fall. So. Uh, 27th will conclude it on the 28th is when they'll break ground for our new uh, synthetic grass field that we're putting in. So we won't be able to uh, to utilize the peak for trick-or-treat, so we'll move it down to softball. And, you know, what I'm going to be and, and whoever else is going to be is still unknown right now. But uh, we, we will make that happen. It just won't be its peak. We'll, we'll wait for President Trump to tweet what, <laughs> what you'll be going at, because I'm sure it's already known. It's just being... Well, and really, unless unless he knows it, I don't. So well, just, just ask him. He knows. That's one of those last-minute things that I usually, I just get all anxious and spaz out and just something happens. I don't know. I just transform into whatever. One of, one of the common threads I'm hearing now from baseball coaches at the high school level in particular is that they really don't, and I'm speaking generally here, they don't tend to like the trend of high school kids only playing baseball. I hear high school coaches say, man, I would, I would, if I had a choice, all things being equal, I'd like to have a kid that's been down in the three-point stance and knows what it's, like, what it's like in the summertime to get up at 7 o'clock and lift weights and run and so on and so forth. They, they're tougher, is what they say. What are your thoughts along those lines? I mean, when you guys are recruiting, Coach Ray, do the, do the football guys maybe get just a small little extra check mark? Or your thoughts? Well, I think there's a lot of things that go into recruiting and the makeup of the kid, and not only the mental side but the physical side. But I'll tell you, I get really excited when we have a multi-sport athlete. Uh, I'm not going to be shy about telling my thoughts. I think that if a young man is capable of playing more than one sport, then he should do it. 100%. If that's football, baseball, if it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's soccer, baseball, I don't care. I think that when you uh, – and I know there are certain cases where one sport fits that individual and it just does – other sports don't give him an opportunity to hit the field. I get that. But to, uh, to take a young man who has talent and can utilize it and develop his body through another sport to offset the sport that he may end up playing – I think is a missed opportunity in the overall development of that young man. Uh, I think every sport, I was a football, basketball, baseball, three-sport guy in high school. I thought 
each one of those sports added to the development of me as a total athlete. I felt like the fall gave me a break from from basketball and baseball. It kept me fresh. So when I moved to that next sport, I was ready to go. It's no different than the seasons of, of weather when we change and we go from winter to spring. It's a whole new energy level. Uh, now, I may not be able to say spring to summer, but certainly from this point right now to fall, that change is good, and it just kind of recharges your batteries and gets you going in a different direction. One of the other growing trends, it seems to me, is a lot of your colleagues at the college level are, are – the charge is actually being led, I think, by Dr. James Andrews, but more college coaches are telling kids, you don't have to play baseball all year round. Now, you're a guy at the highest level. A lot of kids want to play in your program. What do you tell kids if parents ever ask, you know, should we be playing all year round? How many get? What's the perfect number of games, et cetera? Well, I don't know that answer uh, mathematically. I do know that the body needs a recovery period, no doubt about it. I think James Andrews said there needs to be a shutdown of at least four months where you're just not doing anything, let the body recover. I think age uh, has a big effect on it. The younger you are, the more stress that you're putting on those joints, on those muscles, even on those growth plates. You know, I think you're more apt to, to, to suffer injury later on. So you know, I think you just really have to be able to uh, understand what is overworking and what is overdoing it. You'll hear a lot of pro guys that can really come out and say it, John Smoltz, Glab, and all those guys, absolutely 100% they're against it. They think you need to take six months off if, if, if possible. But, you know, I know there's a lot of kids out there that they love the game of baseball, uh, but I think that you should only be doing it if you do love it, if you're doing it that much. If not, then you need a break, you know, because it's going to help you mentally and physically for sure. Lots of times, though, kids don't feel like they have the courage to tell their parents. Right. <clears throat> and there's the parents have that natural tendency to want to keep up with the Joneses. And there's a, yeah, you're right. There's a big, huge peer pressure in everybody being involved, staying involved, not taking those breaks. I hear that. So when a young man comes into my office that we're recruiting and, and he has shut it down, then I tip my hat to him. And I say, good job. Get ready to go after Christmas. So we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. We're broadcasting live from Fuzzy's Tacos here on Party Street. Sort of a free weekend pep rally of sports. Got cheerleaders down here. Seymour was right here by us. He's somewhere in the building. He never tells you where he's going. No, he's, just, no, he's a bird of few words. There's little question about that. We're going to continue our conversation with Scott Berry, get Luke involved in the conversation as well. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Fuzzy's Tacos, great place to uh, come before and after Southern Miss sporting events. That's where we're broadcasting this afternoon, and we'll be right back after this message. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're at Fuzzy's Tacos on Hardy Street, live edition of the Eagle Hour on location. Seymour just came up to the table with an order of nachos. Coach, you made a great point. How did they know what he was going to order? I don't know. They just may know that guy, I guess. Yeah, now we're waiting to see how exactly. He's a regular here, I guess. Worms up on top, as Kelly pointed out. Very nice. Uh, Perfect. Perfect dish for Seymour. Yeah, they'll make it just just to get your exact order. Seymour yeah. is a worm kind of guy, right? You know, right. I I like the worm too, but it's usually at the bottom of a bottle. Um, <laughs> those don't tend to make very good eating. Yeah, Campus Book Mart is a sponsor of the Eagle Hour. I want to encourage everybody to buy their Southwest apparel from our good friends at Campus Book Mart, right down the street from us on Hardy Street, and of course online at campusbookmart.net. Coach Scott Berry with us here, our very favorite guest. I shouldn't say that, but it's just a fact. And, uh, Luke, I know Coach is fixing to break some pretty important things. I'll let you take this over. Yeah, Coach, you mentioned it in the last segment. We were kind of hitting at it. We were we were uh, being, you know, cheering for it on the Eagle Hour and letting people know, uh, but some new playing surface at the peak. Tell us about that. Well, October 28th is whenever they'll start construction on that, and uh, we're actually going the whole field in synthetic grass. I think it's a game changer for us, honestly. Uh, it's going to enable us to, to to develop our players better. We're not going to miss days because of wet weather. I mean, there's so many factors into to this decision that benefits us and what we're trying to do as a program. You know, I think when uh, when some of the naysayers, which hadn't been very many at all, but when when somebody says, "Oh, I can't believe I'm a traditionalist. I can't believe you would do that," you know, my response is is number one, uh, I have to work on it. My players have to work on it every day out there to keep that thing up. Number two, every coach that I have talked to, which has been several, that have synthetic grass fields, 100 percent, not 99. Point nine, but 100% have said it's a no-brainer. It will change your life. Uh, and those that have turf mounds or synthetic grass mounds will also say do the mound as well. So, you know, everybody I've talked to, it, it's, it's the greatest thing because, you know, there's one thing that you and I never get back in our life, and that's time. Right. When that time is gone, when those days are gone, whatever you're doing as an individual, as a business, as a program, if you miss a day on that field because of weather, it's not coming back. And we're, it's not 100% guaranteed we won't, but when it stops raining, five minutes, you're out there. Yeah. You're back practicing. I think it encourages your kids to do more because they don't have all this set up with all these protective aprons that you have to put down to protect the grass. Uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to add a whole new energy to our program and what we're able to do and develop our guys. So that's what I was going to ask. Um, so everything, no no lines, dirt nowhere, infield, nothing. What, is there a, you know, Coach Oz, is he going? Is there a different pitching, you know, with, with your pitchers? Is it different learning on synthetic pitching than dirt on the mound? No, it really isn't, other than there's never a hole. You know, and it's consistent from the first inning to the ninth inning or the 15th inning if you're playing extra, extra baseball. So, but honestly... The majority of these kids today, that's what they're playing on. When they go to Lake Point, which is a perfect game over in Atlanta, the huge tournament that lasts for four weeks that we all go to, that's all those kids play on. They play on all those mounds because one thing that synthetic grass allows you to do or gives you a better chance of doing is getting your games in. 
uh, and, and to take a mound, which is a huge part of that game and what happens to that guy on there, to leave that open for the elements of water to, to, to mess up that game or disrupt that kid or whatever, uh, it kind of defeats the purpose, you know, of what you're doing. So these kids today, uh, I had Isaiah Rhodes, who's a kid from Dallas, when I told him this summer, when he came in, I said, you know, we're doing the turf. He said, what about the mound? I said, it's doing the mound. He gave it the fist bump. He's like, yes. Biggest question, is your uh, third base box going to, uh, to to be synthetic? Are you okay with that? And are you going to extend it when they put the stitch down? Is it going to be a little wider than normal for you? <laughs> it's going to look, honestly, everything that you see at Pete Taylor Park right now, from the walk-ups, from the on-deck circle, it's going to mirror just what we see right now. And that's the way I want it. I want, it, I want somebody to walk in and say, well, this doesn't look any different than it does in the springtime. Mm. And and the good the beauty of that is it's going to look like springtime 365 days. And it may protect that hamstring if you have to streak across. <laughs> it may do that. But it also stands to reason, Coach, that it would make the, the facility more marketable for other tournaments, which would bring money in, which would raise money for your program, yes? And the city and Southern Miss, if you look at the one-cent sales tax that we split with the city on that, the more tournaments that we have and the people that invest in restaurants like Fuzzies and hotels in the area, we recoup half a cent back from that at Southern Miss. So it's helping everybody. It's helping the business owner. It's helping our community because it will enable us to have more tournaments. When you invite teams from Houston, uh, Atlanta, Nashville, all these big cities that have these big travel teams, they want to be pretty much assured that they're going to come to that spot and get their games in. They don't want to pay an entry fee, and they don't want to travel that far, spend hotels knowing that you're a natural grass service and it doesn't look good, you've got 50% chance of rain. Man, we may not get it in. We're not going to come. So with turf, when it stops raining or the lightning gets out of there, then we blow and go. Well, we saw that last year with some teams that had come all the way from the West Coast. Right. Night, the stars are out. It's a beautiful night, but it had rained so much that day you guys couldn't play that game. And you know the shame of that game. On the, of course they beat us the doubleheader, and then on Sunday we were up seven to one, I think, going into the uh, fourth inning. We had four outs to get, and we couldn't do it. And the and the bad thing is, is Gonzaga was leaving the next day, but our field was underwater, so we could have finished that game. And that would have been a pivotal game for us uh, with uh, with our season. Another thing is is the opportunity to not lose revenue of missed games. We yeah. have to take a single game now, make it in a doubleheader. Last year we averaged sixteen thousand seventy four dollars a game in ticket sales. Uh, we missed over the last two years. We've missed eleven gates. Oh, so wow. that's one hundred seventy six thousand right there in two year period that we weren't able to get, and we need that money at Southern Miss. It's just sure. different when you play on Friday night and Saturday than when you play a double. It is. It is just not the same. Couple couple players I want to ask you about uh, a guy that really was was real good early on. Ryan Ox. He's one of the uh, trifecta from Minnesota. Right. We only got doubles now since Walner's playing professional. Um, but Drew Boyd also local talent from Oak Grove. Both of those guys. Uh, we didn't see Hawk the second half of the season. Really didn't see Drew much at all. Those are two names that Golden Eagle fans were excited about. Can you give us an update on their arms? Well, Drew's back out pitching. He went out this summer and pitched down in Lafayette uh, in the Texas, uh, Texas-Louisiana League. So it had a good summer for us uh, and for them. So he's back on the mound. He's had two inter-squad appearances right now. So far, uh, each an inning stint, which that's all we've done in the first two inter-squads. We'll move it up to two innings this Saturday and Sunday, which, by the way, we do inter-squad at 11.30 on Saturday, 
at Pete Taylor Park and then again at 2.30 on Sunday. So those are free to the public. I would encourage people who like fall baseball, spring baseball, or baseball in general, uh, if you want to get out of the house and come and get a quick, uh, you know, an early glimpse of uh, what we're going to be like or what we're trying to become, uh, that would be the time to do 11.30 on Saturday morning and 2.30 on Sunday. But Drew's looked good. You know, he's been pitching for us. Uh, like I said, he's only thrown two innings, but he looks to be healthy and, and uh, being able to get back out there each time. Ock had that thoracic uh, rib injury mm. or removal. It wasn't an injury, but it's like almost like they have to take an extra rib out of your uh, out of your body. And he had that done last summer. Everything is uh, everything's doing good with that. It's kind of really a common surgery. I know you guys are kind of looking at each other, and that's what I did. But <laughs> learning learning more about it, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of common with athletes. So. He had that procedure done. He is throwing on the side. I think yesterday he just made 30 or 75 tosses, felt great. So obviously we're going to take him along very slowly in his development progression yeah. to get him back. To that's, the that's just that's just great news. I wanted to ask you this last question from me. Um, opening of Conference USA football this weekend, you're a baseball coach, but I know you love football season. Yes. So as the head baseball coach at the University of Southern Mississippi, um, your comments about opening season, the opening of Conference USA play of a football season this weekend. How do you, as a head coach, you know, view the other sports? Because it's always funny. We saw you interact with Doc last year, you know, just joking at a media conference, stuff like that. Um, how how important is it for you as a as a baseball coach, you know, to to be involved behind the other sports too? Well, it's extremely important, and vice versa for the other coaches to be involved in the sports as well, because we all feed off one another. When we bring recruits to a football game or a basketball game, you know, that coach, that recruit is looking at the atmosphere of Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. They're looking at football. They're saying, man, this is really a neat atmosphere. So everything everything matters, and that's our motto in baseball. So for us to, to invest in football and basketball and softball and all those other sports, we all we all feed off each other, and, and, and it pays dividends for us all. All right, Coach, we sure appreciate you coming. You're the best. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. We just love having you on the show. And uh, thank you, for uh, Fuzzies, for having us, too. All right. We continue from Fuzzies Tacos on Hardy Street. Justin Harris next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us, everybody. Thank you. You're welcome. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This afternoon around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're broadcasting live from Fuzzy's Tacos down on Hardy Street, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. I want to thank head baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us. 
in the first two segments. Quick reminder, October 13th, William Carey University will be at the Pete. That will be the first of two fall baseball games. Then on the 27th, the Golden Eagles will travel over to Tuscaloosa to play some fall baseball against Alabama. And inter-squad scrimmages at 11.30 Saturday and 2.30 Sunday if you want to go out and get a little taste of Golden Eagle baseball here in the fall. All right, Brooks Brandcamp, Luckett Nixon, Carly Kendricks, and Jordan Newell are here. They are four cheerleaders from Southern Bench. We're going to get a couple of those uh, young women over here to uh, talk to us in the last segment. But now we wanted to bring our buddy Justin in, one of the owners here of Fuzzy Tacos. And, uh, man, we, you, you treated us to another great lunch. Uh, every time we come down here, the food is delicious. The atmosphere is great. Uh, things going well, I gather, at Fuzzy. Yeah, I appreciate y'all being here, Bob. Uh, obviously, we're ready for a big weekend, second home game. Had a very successful uh, home game weekend for the first game. we just like everybody to come out again. Enjoy what Hattiesburg has to offer. Midtown, the campus, there's a lot going on. They're really doing a good job on uh, entertaining for the football game and trying to get families out, and we'd like to invite them to make Fuzzy's a part of that uh, weekend trip as well down here to see the Eagles play. So the Midtown is working very well in conjunction with, with home football games. Is it is it what you guys hope for and envision? Because I think y'all are the first people to commit down there. It is. Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you, you always want it to be better. In other words, never settle. But absolutely, especially, uh, you know, with excitement and uh, winning winning really helps uh, with, with uh, USM. So right now, uh, you know, we've got through the out-of-conference state very good. And it's been really good, especially with the to-go cup ordinance that we now have. So you're able to pick up a drink here, take it with you, Within the boundaries of that, that's really been a big uh, a big deal uh, for the first game, and we expect it to carry over this weekend as well. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't aware of that. So is that is that something new? One drink per person. It is something new. It went into effect uh, in July, um, just for the Midtown area. Uh, obviously, the, the the people that participate will have a sign on the door, and it shows you the boundaries of that where you're to stay with that. One cup, twelve ounce per person. They can take it and leave. You like that, Dutch Kelly? Well, the the one cup. Worries me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like Lay's potato chips, who can have just one? Everything yeah. in moderation. Hey, one of the things well, we got working this weekend for you, Justin, is supposed to be, again, about 95 degrees on Saturday. So why not come to Fuzzy's tailgate in the air conditioning? If you want a little bit of the outdoors, the garage door will be up and uh, lots of lots of drinks. Wonderful frozen beverages. Absolutely. Because, yeah. um, man, it can get some. And I, I like to tailgate like anybody, but, man, it just gets. It's ridiculous how hot it's been. We all, you know, that's and, you, and you got multiple TVs. There'll be games that are on. Absolutely, we'll have four different games on. We always do that. We try and and put the games on at request. First come, first serve. So what's the four gone? But usually we can find a, a mix and match for everybody to to watch a game that they would uh, like to watch. Now speaking of games, you've got and I'm looking at the cornhole boards over here to our left. But you guys have got trivia nights. You've got all sorts of things to keep uh, your customers engaged. So- a- absolutely. On Tuesday nights now between seven and nine, we start registration at six p.m. So it's first come, first serve. But we have a cornhole tournament. First week we limited it to 16. This week, uh, the past week it was 20. We're possibly considering going up more, but right now I like uh, to keep it around that just so it, you know we don't carry all through the night. And then on Wednesday night we are, we have a ballistic bingo, which is a new again same company doing it, but it's, a, it's just a different spin. Bar games bingo with grand prizes within it. It's really uh, really an exciting one last night. A very very good turnout. Now I'm gonna tell you something about fuzzies that I learned about this fall. I, I think you may want to talk about you. You guys cater. A softball, I mean, a baseball weekend for me and some people over at the Pete, and it was fantastic, man. It was good. Catering is a is a big part of your business. Absolutely, we have. A-
today. I have two go out at lunch. We've got another one going to Hattiesburg Clinic uh, this afternoon. We have quite a few different options. The, 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 really, the thing we really like most is you can mix and match anything. So you have a taco bar. We have a fajita bar. But within the taco bar, you can pick your two meats you like, your two sides. It comes with all the fixings. And it's a, it's a BYOT. Build your own taco bar instead of a BYOT. Uh, same thing with a fajita bar. Uh, it's okay, Kelly. No BYO be here today. <laughs> but, you know, so it, it really provides, uh, you know, unique options. And, you know, we have quesadilla boxes, quesadilla boxes in there and other items you can do. So whatever you have, whatever size your group, bigger, smile, we can do it all. A nacho bar, too, right? A nacho bar as well. Absolutely. That's what we did, and it was, man, it was, uh, it was kit. Have you, have, you, have you tried the, the watermelon fuzzy wreath over here? I have not. I'm sure you have, man. Well, had to quit the starters. It was a hot day. It was, and of course, at first I thought there might have been some arsenic in it, so I said I better have two or three more to make, to make sure that everything is. But but just about every flavor of margarita they can that they can mix up here. At the, yeah, he talked about the taco bar and the fajita bar, folks. They also have just a plain old. Bar, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that you can enjoy. Just we got a lot here today. Cheerleaders, Seymour. The relationship between fuzzies and uh, <clears throat> Southern Miss. I think it's important for our listeners to know who are the businesses that support Southern Miss, and I know this is one of those businesses. Absolutely, that's the reason we're here. Obviously, as you can see, looking around the walls, uh, what are the colors? They are black and gold. Everything from our fish, our apparel, our tables, everything's black and gold because that's what we're here for. Southern Miss, uh, we go as they go. Uh, I won't say they go as we go because they, they can make it without us. But, you know, uh, obviously it's beneficial for them and us to have a strong partnership. And uh, we love our Southern Miss fans. Right. And you're right across the street, so it's a convenient oh, place yeah. to come before this a game. This is actually a shorter walk. On campus and some of the parking on campus. No question. You know? Yeah, no question. I've, yeah. I've actually crawled it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really not that bad either. Also, I want to mention uh, real quick, uh, next Thursday is uh, National Taco Day Eve here. We have a big blowout blast. We've got the banner out here for it. But it's going to be dollar top uh, all day. And, you know, it excludes the fajita meats and the seafood. But your brisket, pork, you know, the ground beef, chicken, all the, all those tacos, dollar tacos all day, and it'll be $8 margarita pitchers and $8 domestic uh, draft beer pitchers as well. So uh, I'd like to invite everybody out to come out and enjoy that with us as well. Now, that's what day again, sir? That is next Thursday, October 3rd, I believe. Right. So you guys open every day? Every day. Every day. Seven, 10 days, a to 10, seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I got you. What is, what's the best day for you? Ah, the best day. Uh, the best day, I would say, for the most part, is going to be a Saturday. Usually, typically, that's how it shakes out, uh, Saturdays. Now, we have some nights during the week, obviously, with the Cornhole Tournament Tuesday. You know, I like I like seeing that, a lot of activity, Cornhole sure. playing that, seeing that. So, I mean, that to me, I consider that a good night as well. And that's a really good night. But uh, Saturday, for the for the, all intents and purposes, is our best overall day. And this would be a good place to, to – we've talked about the kids using the terminology pregame. Pre-game, that's what we want to do, right? Yeah. Before you go. All right. And and when basketball season cranks up, you know, Reed Green's just, just right down uh, 38th there. So, I mean, actually, you're, by the crow flies, you're probably right straight across from Reed Straight Green. walk. You know, so that'll be a good, good well, place. Well, Midtown Hattiesburg, for people that don't know, is really an incredible development. I mean, when you think about what this was three years ago Absolutely. here, and 
traditionally for years and years and years of the old dorm here. I was going to say, where the where Elam Arms was right there. It was, yeah. We were right here. We were a little right. cut to the heart because Elam Arms served fried catfish on Friday, so uh, football, that's always where we went that, to. Was that where the, is that right across yeah, the street? that's where we're right, right here. Right. When Elam Arms got, you know, there's a piece of our heart that was gone, but right. then when you see what it is now, I mean, it traded all day long. Well, that's incredible, and I, am I right, Justin? I think Fuzzy's was the first business we, to open. We were the first business to open right here, yes, sir, in Midtown, and obviously there's things opening. Shoot, there's, what, another 15 businesses open and more to come, so uh, right. it's exciting around here. Right. You know, ours had a swimming pool, didn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I, think they, I, think I never they lived there. Just ate there on Fridays. Yeah, I think it was one yeah. of the last yeah. dorms in the state that actually had a swimming pool, like an apartment complex. Well, it. certainly this is a great, great, great development. I mean, I would think other cities around the state would look at this development here, being the Midtown development, and pattern their efforts after this. Because it appears that it's been very successful. It has. It has. They did a great job. They really did. So, so if, you like to, if you like to enjoy your food in the air-conditioned comfort, you've got it here. You've got the tables right outside the front door, so if you've got a nice cool breeze, if you like, like to be out there, I'm guessing you can smoke out there? You can smoke out there, absolutely. Okay. And you can still see the TV from outside as well, so there's not, there's not a bad view in the house. We'll have to come back in the fall when it's cool and do the show from the patio. There's a really good view right here. <laughs> right. Right out at the garage door right now. Yeah, there is. And, yeah, you know, it's very hey, Justice, Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy being here. We thank you for lunch. And, uh, it was delicious. Oh, it was great. All right, we're going to be right back and bring some of the cheerleaders on the show right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Great place for pre-manufactured housing, whether it be your primary home, your second home, maybe even a hunting camp. They can do the financing for you right there. Big selection of homes at Gulfport Home Center, and we thank them for their support of the show. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry for joining us. Also, Justin Harris, our buddy here from uh, from Fuzzy Tacos, as we're glad to be down here. All right, so we've got a couple of young ladies with us. We've got Luckett Dixon of Madison, Mississippi, Madison St. Joe. Yes. Right. Jordan Newell of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Oak Grove High School. Yes. Standing over here in the shadows are Brooke Brandcamp from Pascagoula and Carly Kendrick from Hattiesburg. We understand that they have criminal records and therefore not allowed on the program. So, uh, witness protection program. Yeah, the witness protection program. Oh, actually, these are great young women. Uh, we're glad to have them out here. They, are, of course, are Southern Miss cheerleaders. So, Jordan, I want to start with you, and I want you to tell our listeners how you became a Southern Miss cheerleader. 
Okay, so I'm a freshman this year, so I cheered at Oak Grove for six years, and then I decided to try out because I'm from here, so I knew all about Southern. Brandon is our head coach. He actually coached me in middle school and high school, so I knew all about the team, so I decided to try out, and I made it. So this is my first year cheering. All right, welcome to your story. Oh, also, this is my first year cheering. And I like I grew up always wanting to go to Ole Miss and stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa! What else say that? Crazy. But um, no, my stepdad works up here. I was up here all the time, and I came to one of the student like orientations, and I like fell in love with it. So I decided oh. to try out too. And so you're glad you didn't go to that lesson? Oh, so so glad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So have you guys been at a game yet? Have you all cheered at a game? Yes. yes. Which band were you at? Um, we've had one home game, and I cheered at the Mississippi State game. Oh, and, let me ask you a question. Was there any point during that game that you were looking at the Mississippi State cheerleaders and you wanted to lower your shoulders and shit one of them <laughs> like a train hitting a rabbit on a train track? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> what about you? I, I cheered at Troy, and so that was really fun. And I also heard it said, yeah, that was it. I cheered at Troy, and I cheered at the home game. I got you. So, so you cheered at both games that Southern won, or two of the games yes, that won. Yes, yes. It was really uh, fun. So really you have to be on that roster every time. Good luck to <laughs> right? Correct. The, the, the sport, I say, of cheerleading really has evolved because now it, it used to be just straight cheer, but now there's dancing, there's tumbling, there's cheering. I mean, talk about how it has evolved over the last four or five years. And, and a dancing. You guys come from a dance background originally. Um, I did ballet growing up, but that was about it. Mainly just cheered my whole life competition cheer. But it has... It is a lot to do, stunning, tumbling, cheering, dancing, but it comes together and it's really fun. Yeah, it's definitely different. Like people, even my mom, when she cheered, you know, they didn't really tumble, stunt much, but, you know, now we do a lot of stunning, a lot of tumbling. It's a lot of fun, but it's very scary to me. Have you ever been up on the top of that pyramid? I'm a flyer. I'm a flyer, so I'm on the top. A flyer. Very top. So you're the one that has to trust everybody. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely has to trust. You can suffer a crippling injury. (laughs) Yeah. Is that scary? It can be. Um, it depends on who's under you. If you trust them good, then you're not really scared. You know, this is a serious question. I've always thought that was most dangerous when you see it done at basketball games. It is. It's it a pretty bad lick, yeah. Have you done it at basketball, too? Yes. Um, we haven't started the basketball game, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. but I've cheered at a basketball game, and as long as we have a lot of spotters around us, it's not right. scary to start on it. Right. Now, the football team comes in about three weeks, I guess, before the season starts or a couple of weeks before the academic year starts. How how early are you guys at it, getting ready for the fall season? We try out in all April, and we start practicing right in June, June and July, so we get right on it. But you're not tenured either. I'm saying you guys have to, no matter how good you are as a freshman, you're not guaranteed a spot as a sophomore. If that's no, we have to try out again every single year. And there have been girls who have not made it the next year. Oh, I'll bet they were a barrel laugh. <laughs> <laughs> after, after that happens, you know. But you guys being a freshman, you you had to learn about in high school yes. when to audition. So tell us about the line of communication, how you find out all that stuff. Well, the Instagram page is usually pretty updated, so we usually would keep up with that. And that, that website, too, helps a lot. But definitely keeping up on social media and stuff, finding things out, texting other girls you may know, helps a lot, you know, when, when everything's going on. Well, and I knew all about it just because I'm from here. Brandon's worked a lot with Oak Road where I cheered, so I knew all about when trials were. How many girls cry out for cheerleading that 
What percentage did tryout actually make out of this? I think about 60, 60-something 60 usually, and we usually have about 40-ish girls make it every year. They or cut the team boys. down this year. Last year they probably had 50-something, 60, but this year they only took 40. And do you have to be a football fan to enjoy what you're doing? Um, I, w- I mean, I'm a football fan, so for sure. But there are some girls that don't like football as much, but still love cheering. You can like it. different aspects. If you like stunning, if you like tumbling, you can still enjoy it without necessarily watching the game. But most of us do enjoy watching football a lot. Yeah. And are there football cheerleaders specific, basketball specific cheerleaders, etc.? No, we all cheer at everything. We'll uh, like split off into different teams for basketball, but we all cheer. Yeah. All right, ladies, great conversation, but we're out of time. I want to thank all of you for coming. You two young ladies, we'll get you next time. Okay? Thank you so much. All right, that's going to wrap up the Eagle Hour from Fuzzy Top. So every day by saying this, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.